You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Washington football team nation, what is going on? Morgan Moses cut, Ron Christian cut, mm. out with the old and with the new. Todd, OTA is just now starting up. We see pictures, we see videos. How you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, you left out one cut, one big one that everyone was talking about. Mrs. BJ. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I saved that one for you. Good. <laughs> I'll tell you what, when I saw that, the first reaction I just had is, man, Ron Rivera is ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know the circumstances. I feel like he probably didn't, you know, just fire her. She was crying. But right. yeah, it was, uh, I mean, like you said, out with the old and with the new. And uh, it's it's nice because you, with Morgan Moses and uh, Christian, and I assume as BJ, you have younger people. To yeah. come in and fill the role. Obviously, with Ms. BJ, it doesn't matter if they're younger. But I'm feeling good because we actually saw some like on the field stuff. It was just something to hold us over for the next couple months of this, you know, kind of lull. So that's right. how I'm feeling. Other than that, there's too many cicadas outside. How oh, are you goodness. feeling, though? I'm doing well, man. I can't complain. I was just watching a video on cicadas and uh, <laughs> it's pretty interesting. I saw two <laughs> mating on my tires. <laughs> they seem really weird. Car tire. <laughs> I guess, oh my goodness! But, it's like uh, your purpose in life is literally to mate and then die. <laughs> we got to get it in while we can. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Man. Yeah. So yeah. Other than that, man, it's, it's good seeing Fitzpatrick out there throwing the football, flinging it around. Yeah. Um, 
seeing Jamin Davis out there running, leading the, the, the charge after a pick. And um, I just love the youth, the youth movement that's coming on. Yeah. And, uh, Ron just sticking to the guns and, and doing what he knows, what he thinks is best. So, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that youth movement, you kind of look to, it's obviously it's, it's towards the end of May. So you got June, July, August, so September, it's got a little bit of ways to go, but Rivera has, has said and proven that he's not afraid to play, to start young players. So, a couple of things that wouldn't surprise me at all. If week one, nickel, you got St. Juiced, William Jackson, the third outside and Kendall Fuller in the Man. slot. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if you've got Terry McLaurin and Deami Brown outside Curtis Samuel in the slot, you know, like John, B- John Bates, I think is going to be your number two in, 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 you know, two tight end sets. I, he's going to get those young guys out there. Cosme, I think is going to start a right tackle. He's going to throw them out there. Um, you know, I mean, it's like he's not doing it willy nilly. They have to they have to earn the opportunity right. with their work and preparation. But if they do that, then, you know, go show us what you got. I love that. I've, I have always been for for letting the young players play. It feels like in the past it's always been. I mean, Mike Shanahan brought in Joey Galloway when he was like <laughs> thirty nine, you know, yeah. and so yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. So it's yeah, it was it was just nice to see something out there. And then we had 86 out of 90 people attending, yeah. right? Yeah. Chase Young and Montez Sweat not there, yeah. but they'll be ready to roll. So yeah. yeah, it's 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 nice, man. Um as always, these episodes are brought to you by Hot Chicken Kitchen in Dumfries or Woodbridge, Virginia. Go try them out. They're they're just fantastic. Like seriously, their their chicken is just so good. It's just so good. It's a nice, good piece of chicken. It's drenched in the sauce. They don't, you know how Popeyes um, and other places just kind of spread a little sauce on top. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I mean hot chicken kitchen. They they fully, yeah. it, they they like it. It dives in head yeah. first the piece of chicken, yeah. Yeah. and it stays under there for a minute. So mm-hmm. it's like drenched in the sauce. It's fantastic. Nicely, nicely, nicely glazed too. Yes, yes. Shiny, and it's, and it's not like you never take a bite where there isn't chicken, yes, where you so only get good. no. It's just fried perfectly. It's fantastic. So try them, and then um, if you're on your way to Hot Chicken Kitchen, and you also realize that your credit score is lower than what you would like it to be, if you're trying to get a car, and they say, "Hey, we'll hook you up with a a 25% interest rate," and that's a mm. great deal. If anyone ever tells you that. Call Dunn Pro Financial and let them fix your credit because 25% interest is absolutely terrible. <laughs> oh my goodness. So Dunn Pro Financial, fix your credit, hot chicken kitchen, get your uh, get your stomach right. And uh and, and you know, tell them Tay and Todd sent you. Uh, we have a super awesome guest today, Matt Miller, formerly of Bleacher Report, now of ESPN, kind of a self-made you know, draft uh, expert analyst, you know, in the in the NFL circles. He sat down with us, which was really cool, Tay. Um, and he really liked Washington and what they'd done this year. Right. I won't give it all away, but uh, he he loved it. Um, he, I, I mean, you could read it. He said Jamin Davis, he predicted him for defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. He liked the other picks they made. So we were asking about that. We were asking him some stuff about the team. And uh, it was some really good input. We got as many questions in as we could. So it was a great conversation. So, I, I mean, we're going to go into that. Uh, you got anything else to touch on? Well, that's it. You, I see you. Uh, you've were able to get that cut finally. Though. Yeah, yeah. So they may see the discrepancy in the videos. Uh, <laughs> what? Right? What did you say? And they oh, may see oh. the discrepancy in the. In yeah, the that's right. Because we're recording this <laughs> right after Matt Miller. So right. So he's cut now, and then you're going to keep watching, and he's going to be uncut again. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. And then after that, we'll be back. We'll be good again. We'll be cut again. Right. We'll be good okay. again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're going to go into our interview with Matt Miller, and. uh, 
Yeah, here we go. We are delighted to be joined by Matt Miller. You may know him as at NFL Draft Scout, works for ESPN, is an NFL draft expert by every account, and we are delighted to have you. Thanks so much for joining us, Matt. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's always always good to be on new podcasts and meet mm-hmm. new people, and I, I'm appreciative when you guys ask me to do this. Oh, well, absolutely. You've obviously, you've built a reputation for yourself, one that speaks for itself as well. So we definitely appreciate your time and look forward to getting your expert input on some things. So I'm just going to go right into it so we can get you on your way. First, I want to ask you just overall, um, briefly, how would you grade, maybe not a letter grade, but just how would you grade Washington's draft? Yeah, I thought they did a really nice job. And I know a lot of people, the first thing they're going to look at is the combination of team needs versus you know, how many of those boxes did you check? And obviously right. everyone's going to look at quarterback and be like, oh, they didn't mm-hmm. get a quarterback. This is not a good draft. I think that requires a lot of context to say, yeah. okay, where they were at, uh, they weren't able to really like go get a quarterback, right? And we mm-hmm. saw Chicago do that. That's probably going to be the argument. It's like, well, Chicago did it. Yeah. Well, one team was able to do it, right? So <laughs> right. that's not to say that everyone could have. So I also think that you have to look at the unlike Chicago, and I'm a big fan of Washington's roster, especially on defense. I don't feel like this was a team that was a quarterback away from being an elite contender. Maybe the Chicago Bears feel like they are, so they did that. I I don't necessarily think they are. But I think for Washington, it was really smart to wait, honestly, to just play it safe and to check boxes at offensive tackle, to check boxes at linebacker, to add speed at wide receiver, to to really just go through corner. was such a huge need for this team, and you Mm -hmm. get a starting-level corner. So I think, personally, looking at this roster – Yes, they needed a quarterback. No, they did not get one. But they also needed a lot of other things. So I think the 2021 draft is a success for Washington because I think they got four to five starting caliber players yeah. out of this draft class. If you can do that, that is a really, really good draft. And I, and I think they, they've they been able to accomplish that. Awesome. Awesome. Go ahead, Tay. Okay, yeah. And so what was your favorite pick one? And then what was – what do you think – which pick did you think they got the best value? Yeah, you know, I went crazy when they picked Jamie Davis. I mean, and, and that was like – I loved that guy. And like in the draft process, you ultimately you find players and you're like, yo, that's my dude. And it's not because maybe you didn't see them first or like whatever. It might not even be the guy that you're highest on, but you just associate your yourself with players sometimes mm-hmm. in this job. And so with Jamie Davis, I remember texting with his agent early in the process, like right after the season ended. And his agent was like, yeah, we got this guy. You need to take a look at him because no one's talking about him. And, and I don't really know why the school didn't give him a good grade. He's not on a lot of, you know, media big boards. Like, will you watch him and, and like, let just tell me what you think. So I watched three games and I text his agent back and I was like, this guy is, he'll be in my top 32 tomorrow. Like, this is <laughs> like, where the hell did you find this player? Right. Cause I mean, he's like kind of, you know, one year at Kentucky, but yeah. man, so I loved that pick. And to have him, not only is Jamie Davis great, he is, but you have him behind the NFL's best defensive line. It's like, I'm not a, I'm not a Washington fan, right? But like, I got giddy on draft night being like, you're going to let Jamie Davis run around behind that defensive line. Like the, the NFL stupid for letting this happen. <laughs> All these other teams should not have let this happen. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy. You know, I, I grew up a Niners fan. And what I've told people is I remember when Patrick Willis was running behind Justin Smith mm-hmm. and Alden Smith. Like that's oh, what this right. is going to be. You're wow. just going to have that guy who's kept so clean and he's just going to be able to eat but Jamin's a better athlete. He can actually rush off the edge. So it's just going to be phenomenal. I think best value is Diamond Brown, though. Uh, the wide receiver out of North Carolina. I wouldn't have been shocked if he had gone in the top 50. I mean, he's just – I see him as that type of playmaker. And so to get him in round three and with their fourth pick in the draft, I thought that was 
amazing value. And, you know, obviously this wide receiver core has really been boosted the last couple of years through the draft and free agency. I'm a gigantic Terry McLaurin fan. You know, obviously getting Curtis Samuel there is going to make things a lot more fun. But Diamond Brown is going to give you another outside wide receiver. He can also, I think he can win from the slot as well. So that value in, in you know, middle of round three and for it to be your fourth pick in the draft is just insane. Okay, so I saw you say, um, you know, get your money in, I guess, on Jamin Davis for a defensive rookie of the year. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm going to, for this question, I'm going to exclude him since that's the easy choice. After okay. Jamin Davis, second to seventh round, which rookie could you see having the most immediate impact, best rookie year, even the, even the less quantifiable ones like tackle or safety? Yeah. How, uh, which one would you pick? I would have put pick Sam Cosme, not just because I'm a, a Texas fan, but because mm. I, you know, that need a left tackle. But then you all go get Charles Leno. Yeah. So it's like, well, where's Cosme going to play? And, you know, obviously we'll see what happens with Morgan Moses. But I would have picked Cosme. I think I'll go like sleeper a little bit. I can see John Bates having a really big mm. impact. And I know mm. rookie tight ends don't usually make a lot of noise, but yeah. that just feels like in this offense, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick, a quarterback, I think the tight end is going to get a lot of play. I mean, look what Mike Gusecki was like his favorite dude with the Dolphins. And mm. I know they didn't have a lot of wide receivers last year due to injury, but I think we'll see the tight end position get a lot of play in this offense. So for John Bates, who, who you know, being a fourth round pick, not a household name necessarily headed right. into this process, but I think his pass catching ability is, is really good. He's able to find space. He can box the guys out. So I think that would be my, okay, somebody who's not Jamin Davis is going to have a big rookie <laughs> right. impact. I wouldn't be shocked if it's him. Okay. Good, Dave. Okay. And obviously we have a different regime now in Washington. You got a Ron Rivera. He's in charge and you have Martin Mayhew and Herney and, and those guys. How would you say that the front office is viewed now as opposed to previous years under Rivera? Yeah, it's completely different. And not just the front office. I think the entire organization, you know, the moves that they've made, I think, you know, trying to be aware of some of the, the past problems and, and, you know, trying to correct those. I think that's a huge thing. And with, you know, with Ron Rivera coming in, he's one of the most respected coaches in the NFL and, and everyone really trusts him. I mean, that goes back to his days as a position coach in Chicago. But then you bring in respected long-time NFL front office people like, you know, Martin Mayhew, like Marty Herney, guys who've been general managers and have done it at the highest level. I think that shows, like, that they wanted stability. You could have gone and got a young guy, right? You could have hired somebody, you know, a Brad Holmes or someone who's, you know, an mm -hmm. assistant somewhere or a scout somewhere. But I, I actually like that they went and said, let's go get two guys who've done this before. And also with Marty Herney, get someone who really knows Ron Rivera well and can pick the type of players that Ron wants. So I think that's the important aspect of this is there's not that learning curve, you know, that we, that we see in other places where, you know, the New York Giants fire their coach. Okay, well, now you've got to figure out as a front office what Joe Jacobs wants and, or Joe Judge wants, excuse me. And, and Joe's got to figure out what your scouting philosophy is and what type of players you want in terms of your culture now y'all get to cut out that learning curve. There's no acclimation period. So I think that's super important. And really, you know, this year's draft is, uh, was a very good draft. And I think that's a lot of the reason why is because they're already on the same page. They're in lockstep in terms of what they want. They can identify weaknesses in the roster. And then, you know, the front office can say, okay, we can find you guys to fit and we know what type of player you want. So I, I think that's huge. Okay, so one last one. I want to just briefly touch on the back half of the draft. I know I'm going a, a bit off script here, Tate, but last one. Uh, rounds five through undrafted. Um, you had Derek Forrest, William Bradley King, Shaka Tony. We probably don't have to talk about yeah. Cameron Cheeseman much. Right. And then uh, Dax Milne and Jared Patterson. <laughs> of those five guys, which one kind of which name stuck out to you most? Most of them or some of them may not make the roster, but. Yeah, Dax Milne is the one. And, you know, I was telling you, mm. 
you know, when I started watching Jamie Davis, but when it, when I started watching Zach Wilson, yeah, it was like, who's this? Like, who's this dude that's catching everything? Like, right, he's right. catching everything. And I, you know, even like in our office here, like watching film, I'm like, hey, like somebody write that receiver's number down because that <laughs> that dude has sticky hands. And no, he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, but man, he just he makes plays, and he's yeah. you see him like winning on 50 50 balls consistently mm-hmm. and he's got very strong hands he's got you know, he's a good route runner for what he is athletically so you know seventh round wide receiver damn near the last pick of the draft you know getting down there so it's like you don't expect that guy to be great but i wouldn't be shocked if he finds a role as a fourth or fifth receiver and, and eventually climbs mm-hmm. that ladder and, and makes the plays that we saw make it byu gotcha awesome go ahead Tim. Yeah. Okay. So what are you, why are you high on Washington and what are some real expectations that we can look forward as fans? Yeah. You know, I recently wrote an article just grading every team's roster basically after the draft of free agency. And I was shocked at how much I liked Washington's roster. And, you know, I think there's still some question marks at corner. we got to figure out what the offensive line is going to look like, but, but I really like this roster. And I think, you know, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, no, he's not a long-term solution, but you know, you're going to get, you're going to get a lot of stability and there's, three, two to three quarterbacks behind him who have NFL starting experience and they can play if need be. So I, I think if you can get some consistency at the quarterback position, it's a playoff team. And, and even knowing that Dallas is going to have Dak back and hopefully, or, or maybe not since it's a Washington podcast, but they're going to have both their tackles back, you would think. Um, so I, I do think though that, you know, the Giants, who knows what the Giants are. And with Philly, that just seems like kind of a, a mess right now, right? So yeah. I do think that Washington's in a good position with, you have such a strength on the defensive line that's going to make that secondary look better than it is. Now you have a great young linebacker to go with an already really good group. So I think that you can win by controlling the trenches still in the NFL and you have playmakers at wide receiver. So even though you don't have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback or Dak <laughs> Prescott, you still have someone who can be a facilitator and you now have these receivers who can make plays after the catch. You have a, a very good running back who can make mm-hmm. things happen dynamically. You mentioned Jared Patterson, who I loved at Buffalo. Uh, you know, I could see him being a player as a UDFA who makes a, a big splash. So mm-hmm. um, I just think the roster is really solid and maybe it's like oversimplification, but there really aren't that many weaknesses, especially if you consider that you're going to get solid veteran quarterback play. Okay. So talking about that quarterback play, you know, Fitzpatrick, a one-year stopgap who could, you know, do something for the team for the year, but obviously you have to look long-term. I don't know how much you've gotten into the 2022 draft. I know that the 21 oh, yeah. just ended three weeks ago, <laughs> but uh, if you could briefly maybe touch on some quarterback options next year, because Washington will undoubtedly be in the market, just early look at some guys we should maybe keep an eye on. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is next year's draft class does not have like the Trevor Lawrence type prospect but it's it's deeper at quarterback Mm -hmm. um so that's the fun part it's like we'll be tracking a lot more guys sam howell at north carolina is probably the biggest name spencer rattler at oklahoma another big name keaton slovis at usc Mm -hmm. those would probably be your quote-unquote front runners your household names but there are a lot of players uh outside of that who i am very intrigued by malik willis at liberty is a really Mm -hmm. good run pass option Carson Strong in Nevada, uh, great arm strength, no pun intended on the last name, incredible <laughs> production last year. So he could be one of those guys that takes the next step and ends up you know, becoming something special. But I, I think next year's class is, is quite a bit deeper to where we're actually – there will be, a, I think, more competition for those top quarterback spots instead of like Trevor Lawrence has been slotted in forever. Justin Fields mm-hmm. has really been slotted in forever. Of course, we have some risers as well with Mac right. Jones and, and Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, and we probably will next year as well, but it seems like a deeper class overall. Okay. And then if I can go just to the NFC East real quick from those other teams, um, what were some of your favorite picks that they made, Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles? 
Yeah, man, I crushed the Cowboys draft. I, I, Cowboys <laughs> fans are probably still pissed at me for that one because I, I, I liked Micah Parsons. I really did. Um, I, I didn't quite understand the rest of their draft strategy, to be completely honest. I liked that the Eagles, you know, were aggressive. And we saw that happen, you know, throughout the draft process, really. It's like, okay, we're going to move back. We're going to move up. So I think for Philly uh, to get Devontae Smith is, is obviously huge, you know, to pair him back with Jalen Hurts, to give them that top wide receiver that they need. And then I, I liked that the Giants finally traded. We finally saw Dave Gettleman do it. I think he's addicted to it now, but you know, for the giants as well, it's like to get Kenny Galladay and be like, okay, we think they have the receiver, but then they go to Darius Tony, who's a completely different type of guy. So I like that. They're looking at Daniel Jones and saying, all right, we, it's time to figure out if this guy's it or not. And the best way to do that, I think surround him with talent. And we, they did the offensive line last year. Uh, They shored up some weaknesses there and they, I know they like Matt Pert at right tackle quite a bit. So now it's okay. Let's give Daniel Jones some weapons and get healthy Saquon back and, and see if this guy's our quarterback of the future. Okay. Uh, Tay, do you have any more? If not, I've got two last ones. I don't know. Okay. So just two that aren't Washington football specific. They're you specific, Matt. Um, first one, you've been doing this for a while. What draft hit are you most proud of? And then what draft miss are you most ashamed of? <laughs> any team? Uh, man, the ashamed ones are the easy ones because you remember <laughs> those so quickly, right? I think the the player that I'm most proud of was probably Michael Thomas. Uh, okay. I would tell anybody who would listen that he was the best receiver in that draft. So for mm-hmm. him to fall to the second round, become the player that he's been, is yeah. that's good validation, right? That's what you want in this, in this industry. Yeah, right. The misses, man. This one's front of mind because I, I just saw that a good friend of mine, Daniel Jeremiah, interviewed Luke Keekley. I remember writing Luke up and being like, man, this guy, he just makes tackles downfield. Like he's not very attacking. He's kind of small. <laughs> and funny story, one year at the Super Bowl, I was hosting uh, some media for when I was a Bleacher Report and Luke Keekley came up to me and he was like, I still remember what you said about me pre-draft. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I was wrong. I was, I was so yeah. wrong. And he like quoted the scouting report and he's like, no, it, it, it motivated me. So thank you for writing mm. it. And it's like, yeah. that was a, that was a big one that, you know, that's like when, when guys end up Hall of Famers and you're like, oh man, like, come on. What? And I still had like a first yeah. round grade on him, right? But it was yeah. way too low, way too low. So that one's always going to bother me. It sounds like you may have contributed to him becoming a Hall of Famer, though. He may I not like have reached his I think I had a little hand in that, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. I'll make the, uh, the induction speech. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. The NFL draft is, is unique. It's like an economy in of itself, right? You have so many different uh, publications or, or media outlets to talk about. You've got lots of people who just want to create something for themselves in the field. Um, you've built yourself up into, you know, the, the Matt Miller that we're talking to right now, who is, you know, the expert in NFL draft scout. And so I'm wondering what advice you have for anyone who may watch or listen to this and who is kind of, I guess, ultimately trying to do what you do. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is to not give up. You know, I started this as like a part-time job and a hobby when I was yeah. in my late teens mm-hmm. and was able to turn it into a career. Right. And so, but, but one thing that I have seen over the, the long time that I've been doing this is a lot of people come in and they're hungry and they got all this energy and they have all these ideas. And if it doesn't happen quickly, they give up or mm-hmm. life happens and they, they move on. And like that happened, you know, life happened for me as well, but I always kind of kept this on the side of something I was trying to build and grow. So I think that's the biggest thing, no matter what age you are, like if you want to get into this and make it a career, it, it, it takes a moment, right? It, it took me writing for free for a long time before Bleacher mm-hmm. Report hired me. And it, it took mm-hmm. me 10 years of Bleacher Report before I you know, got to ESPN. So it takes time. Um, yeah. And so that's the biggest thing is when it doesn't happen overnight, like it's okay. And I, I think like a big thing for me that I tell myself all the time is like, I, I'm so goal driven that I need to remind myself to like enjoy the trip mm-hmm. instead of just focusing on the destination. So yeah. I think that's a lot of it is like, 
where the path that you have to take to get to it being a full-time job, like it is a grind and it's hard and you want to give up a lot, but like there's looking back now, like I can enjoy it and be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like that's, staying up all night writing articles was fun, you know, and like you <laughs> yeah. kind of miss that every now and then in, in a weird way. So I think that's a big part of it. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks so much for your time, Matt. Um, we know you're busy, but we appreciate you being gracious, answering our questions. And, you know, we just hope to continue reading your stuff and hopefully talk again in the future. That sounds great, guys. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. Yeah, see you. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.